unexpected periods of change or difficulty, like the one we're going through at the moment, have the potential to make us feel unsteady. We can lose touch with ourselves, we can get caught up with what's going on around us. So how do we build the psychological flexibility to hold firm when all around us seems to be shifting? Hello, you're welcome back to another week of the UOK podcast. I hope you enjoyed your weekend and that you've settled into Monday OK so far. I have just about, but that's thanks in no small part to the uh, performance enhancing substance that is coffee. <laughs> Today, I'm joined by Ashling Leonard Curtin, who you'll remember from our podcast on gratitude last week. Now, I know many of you really enjoyed the meditation that she led at the end of that. So Ashling's kindly agreed to lead us in another one at the end of today's pod. Before all that, though, Ashling and I talk about psychological flexibility, which may or may not be something that you've heard of before, but is certainly something we can all benefit from building up in the same way that, you know, we can build up physical flexibility in our bodies that help to sort of protect against injury. We can do something similar with our thoughts. The idea is when you become more psychologically flexible, that you're able to kind of notice your thoughts your emotions, your bodily sensations, yet not let them dictate what you do and do not do, which obviously in the current climate around the COVID-19 pandemic is much easier said than done. However, they have found through research that there's a number of skills that if we develop those, we can become more psychologically flexible. So it's kind of like we're noticing those thoughts and emotions, but they're not driving our actions and that it gives us an opportunity to anchor into you know, our values, what matters most to us and allow that to guide our actions, uh, even and I would say especially in times of crisis. You cultivate the ability to adjust to a change in your circumstances without shifting from your core values or who you are as a person that you stay kind of grounded in that, but you're still able to absorb and adjust to things that are happening like in the situation we're currently in. It's very much kind of around living in the present moment as opposed to being overly caught up in the past or the unknown future. And yeah, that you're you're anchored and rooted both in the present moment and in terms of in terms of your values. And the idea is that based on whatever the situation affords, that you either continue in terms of the actions that you're already engaged in or you change them based on what will be best for you in the current situation. Right. And. I mean, I guess it might seem obvious to some people, but why do we need to cultivate that sense of psychological flexibility? Well, they've done a lot of research and what they found is that how much or how little we're able to be psychologically flexible is related to our um, our susceptibility to depression, to anxiety, to addictions, um, to challenging ways of responding in relationships. So the more psychologically flexible we are generally the better the quality of life that we have, the better the quality of our relationships that we have and the more psychologically inflexible or the more psychologically rigid we are, the more prone we are to anxiety, depression, addictions and I suppose engaging in actions that might feel good in the short term but might not necessarily be helpful in the long term. Um, And I suppose, you know, we all might be reaching for the chocolates a bit more than usual at the moment. I know (laughs) I certainly am and so most of the people that I'm working with and maybe you too by that laugh, Jack. I'm um, more of a crisp know, girl, actually. You're more of a crisp but like, yeah, girl. I get you. I, I get you, actually. 
<laughs> you know, it's just, it, it, so it's natural to do that. And there's no problem with doing that the odd time or there's no problem on going on Netflix a bit and, and what have you. But if we're doing that rigidly and or excessively in order to try to avoid what's going on inside in our bodies, that basically builds up over time. As I say, there's nothing wrong with putting the odd thing under the carpet. But if you're putting most things under the carpet, very soon the carpet's going to be very lumpy and you're going to fall over it very easily. And you might actually have more of a mess to clean up in the long run that's going to have a negative or unwanted impact on your life. In terms of fostering a sense of um, psychological flexibility, so if I wanted to become more physically flexible, Mm -hmm. I would start ramping up the yoga, doing Mm -hmm. a few stretches every day and limbering up those muscles and increasing my range of motion in terms of psychological flexibility what kinds of things and tools can we use to help develop that there are three main pillars that can help us to redevelop our psychological flexibility the first one is around being aware in the present moment so as much as possible being grounded and rooted in the here and now rather than getting overly caught up in the past or the future and a way that we can do that is you know it's 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 a tool that's available to all of us and that's our breath and if we can even take three deep breaths and if we can breathe into and out from our belly maybe even putting the the hand on the belly which may bring up some unfavorable or unwanted thoughts for some of us as Mm -hmm. it just rises and falls and to really root and anchor in the breath can be really helpful Another tool can be just to connect in with the senses that you do have um, to things that you can see, hear, smell, taste and feel. So if you can connect in with those and just really anchor in those senses that you do have um, and perhaps even looking out a window. Um, I know some people are fortunate enough to have gardens and many people do not. And so even just to look out the window and can we pay attention to what we see as if we've never seen it before. If anybody has a loved one who's around three and um, three year olds are brilliant at this, you know, they they spot a piece of fluff on the ground and it's like the most magnificent and wonderful (laughs) thing. So if we can channel our inner three-year-old, that can really help ground us in the present moment or listen to a piece of music with your eyes closed and just really hear the music as if you've never heard it before. If you're tasting something, you know, and even if it is the, the chocolate or the crisps, um, you know, can we really, really taste what we're tasting mm-hmm. rather than giving ourselves a hard time for what we're doing and I do apologise those cats one are of having my... a blast <laughs> <laughs> one of them managed to get herself completely caught somewhere and she's completely <laughs> in the present moment getting out of it a human would be like I'm so stupid how did I get myself caught somewhere that would be so hard to get out of but she's just like keeping on at it so she's like also, I am living <laughs> I am living so any of you who have pets at home look at the pets the pets will tell you how to be in the present moment you know because they just they're just in that moment they're not lost in their thoughts about what they should or shouldn't be doing instead that's the first pillar awareness of the present moment the second pillar then is around kind of openness to new experiences and openness to our internal experiences so to recognize when we're becoming blinkered by our own thoughts and our own feelings and when they become overwhelming and to kind of step back a little bit from them and and a tool that I find incredibly helpful is just to put the phrase I'm having the thought that before your thought so for example if you were blinkered by the thought of I'm going to get sick or one of my loved ones is going to get sick rather than try and push that thought down because 
when you try and push that thought down, you get caught up in a thing that we call the pink elephant trap. So the more you try not to think about a pink elephant, the more you actually think about it. <laughs> and this is based on psychological research around thought suppression. But I'm quite a visual person and so is my wife. So we try and kind of think of things that will stay in people's minds. Mm. So the pink elephant trap, just when you try and push it down. So what's actually more effective um, is to just say to yourself, I'm having the thought that I'm going to get sick or I'm having the thought that this is going to go on forever or whatever the case may be. And you can even put the phrase, I notice I'm having the thought that before your thought. And for most people, that will help them just to see their thought as a thought. It doesn't say that the thought is right or that the thought is wrong. It just helps you to see it as it is. And some of the thoughts we'll have will be around true thoughts. So for many people at the moment, they're not able to connect with loved ones, perhaps parents or grandparents, um, because of the restrictions and because these people may be at risk. So that's a true thought. But if you get really blinkered by that thought of, I can't see my my parents or grandparents I don't know when I'm going to see them again you can become so blinker that you lose contact with what is within your control such as making a phone call or um, you know writing a letter or an email or something like that mm. so it's really natural to struggle against our emotions but what all the psychological research shows us is that the more we struggle against unwanted emotions the more we become entrenched in them it's a little bit like quicksand the more you try and get out of quicksand the further you get drawn into it so with quicksand, the way to get out of quicksand, and it's totally counterintuitive, is to actually lie down into the quicksand and to make contact with it. And it's often the same with our emotions. So if we can just actually stop and tune in, name what we're feeling, let go of that struggle, it can really, really help. So I'd be very happy to to lead a practice with you now, Jan, that listeners can come back to and and listen to at any stage. Now, before we begin this exercise with Ashling, it's not a good idea to listen to this part if you're driving or doing anything that really commands your full attention. Ashling's voice is very relaxing, but also the aim of the exercise is to tune into yourself rather than what's going on around you. So either, you know, maybe save this part for later or find some place comfortable now to just sit and enjoy. If you can... Allow yourself now to get comfortable in a mindfulness posture. So it's best to sit with your legs uncrossed, feeling your feet against the ground, eyes either closed over or gaze fixed, and simply rooting and grounding in your breath and breathing. If you can, lengthening and deepening your breath and breathing so that you can find a rate and rhythm of breathing that is most grounding and soothing for you. It is completely normal and natural to get lost in our thoughts and in our emotions at this time. So as best you can, noticing these thoughts and emotions as they arise and gently coming back to your breath and your breathing. It's important to recognize that we don't need to do this for really long periods of time yet it is helpful to do so often. And as you ground in your breath as best you can, seeing if you can ground in what is important to you at this time. What characteristics do you wish to embody in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic? Do you want to connect with others? Do 
Do you want to stay open, authentic? And as best you can, noticing if there are small ways in which you can bring these characteristics into your daily life. It might be taking a moment to look out a window and connect to what you can see, what you can hear. It might be picking up the phone and reaching out to somebody who you haven't spoken to in a while. As best you can, cultivating the same compassion for yourself and your experiences as you would extend to a loved one during this challenging time. Giving yourself permission to take a few minutes out regularly to nurture and nourish yourself. Giving yourself as little or as much time as you need with this practice now. And whenever you're ready, in your own time and in your own way, opening over your eyes, taking a gentle stretch or whatever feels right for you. And as best you can, bringing what you've learned from this practice into the daily moments of your life. I hope you enjoyed that and that you'll come back to it again, maybe even build up a kind of practice around it. I'm sure you noticed in my chat with Ashling how, you know, there were echoes in there of what some of our other guests have spoken to us about in recent episodes, such as connecting with our individual values, connecting with our breath, being in the present moment and I think it's really interesting how Ashling sort of stitched those things together, like showing us how individual things that we may already do or know, when combined, have a really powerful impact on our resilience and our ability to weather current storms and, you know, others that may well strike in the future. I'm Jani Lianagon. Thanks again for joining me. I hope the rest of your day goes well and sure we'll talk tomorrow. In the meantime, take care. You can keep up to date with this podcast and find new episodes each day on rte.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.